A very warm welcome to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I'm Alan Moore. I'm still Alan Moore for the moment anyway. And I am promising you the very best news, views, reviews, previews and interviews in the world of sports. In just a moment, we're going to go to the handy Andes. Of course, they are Flint and McLean. Uh, we're going to speak with them about the Russian Premier League, the English Premier League, European football and, of course... Formula One. Yeah, it ended today. Big, big scandal. Actually, it might not ended, uh, have ended just yet. It'll be ending up in court. Uh, then in part two, we have our legal eagle, Eastle Cody, and a very special guest. We're going to, they're going to discuss the very thorny subject of transgender athletes in sports, especially uh, women's sports. And in part three, of course, we have the Big Fat Filthy Quiz. Now, before we go and round up any news, remember, we do have a big giveaway right now. If you text us hashtag quizme, Two plus seven nine two five one 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 zero five three. You will be in with a chance to join us in the Big Fat Filthy Quiz and also to win a signed and autographed even a jersey belonging to Sparta. Well, formerly belonging to Spartak Moscow Football Club. There you go. All right. Uh, before we go to news, I'd like to say uh, Danny E is joining me too. Danny, how are you, Stephen? I'm fine today. Thank you very much for having me, me here today. Good. Okay. So uh, <laughs> good. So it's freezing outside. So I know, Danny, you were you were struggling to get in, but you're you're happy to be here. Yeah, I am. Okay, that's a good thing. It's all right. nice outside. Yeah, it it's is. Okay. It's warmer in here than out in the street. That is for darn sure. Okay, uh, Russian Premier League, very quickly. Uh, it is halfway or over halfway through the season. Of course, we're on the winter break. They'll be all heading off to sunny places. I think even uh, Artyom Jew was already booked. He was he flew out last night to the Maldives. Um, Kimki went down uh, today 4-1 to Ahmed down in Grozny. Dinamo drew 1-1 earlier on today with Zenit. That puts them second in the table going into the winter break. Yesterday, Siska Moscow, they beat Arsenal Tula 2-0. Okay, tomorrow, of course, Spartak, they are down almost under holidays down in Sochi, Sony Sochi at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. And, of course, Lokomotiv, they won, finally, beating Ufa 2-0. And uh, I should say that in Irish language, Ufasuk means awful, and it was an awful game, but they got a win as a win as a win. In the English Premier League, there were a couple of games on today. There were three actually games. Uh, one was called off. Burnley drew nil nil with West Ham. Leicester hammered poor old Newcastle four nil, and Crystal Palace won three one against Everton. Everton, I think, will be due a manager change very very soon. Okay, and of course, as I mentioned, the Formula One finished up today. Lewis Hamilton, a very very strange race altogether. Lewis Hamilton lost his chance for an eighth world title. He has now course seven, and Max Verstappen in the Red Bull won, but. It is all going to court. So um, I'm going to straight in with Andy Mack to turn the tables. Andy, were you watching the Formula One today? Andy. I don't know what Formula One is. All right. Well, for, okay. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Flint, were you watching the Formula One today? Please say you're watching the Formula One today. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the sport in general, but you couldn't take your eyes off this one. Um, I mean... I, I'm still reading about Mercedes' appeal, but Verstappen winning it on the last lap after the safety car had been out for about three or four laps beforehand. Um, Mercedes looked like they're not going to let this go just yet, but no. um, it was it was pretty intense entertainment. Yeah, it was. It was actually the first race I've watched from start to finish this year. And actually the first, and I'd say in about four or five years, I've watched from start to finish. It, it was interesting. Exactly. You it's know, meant to be a sports show, Alan. 
I know, I know. There you go. So, <laughs> all right. Um, let's talk right away about uh, Lokomotiv, uh, Andrew Flint. They got a win today, finally. Um, they're, they're hanging on in there in the table. They're now uh, up into fifth on 28 points. They're only a point back off Krasnodar. Siska, uh, of course, they are up into third on 30 points. And Dino, six points ahead on 36, two back from Zenit. Now, Spartak, if they win tomorrow, they will uh, stay in ninth place, lower half of the table. Um, but today, how were they for you, Andrew? I mean, they, they were for me. I enjoyed the game um, in bits and bobs, but not overly. I mean, look, I think we can write off looking for outright entertainment from Locomotive at the moment. They are massively struggling to find their feet, um, and I know at home to Ufara should on paper be comfortable, but they're not an easy side to break down. They 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 don't often get run amok. Um, and the two goals were actually sensational. I mean, Maradashvili's long ranger, that was an absolutely stunning strike. And Girano Kirk's lovely little volleyed touch, um, both very, very well taken goals. I think the most telling part was how they celebrated that first goal. I mean, anybody, if you're struggling and you get that goal that really settles the nerves a bit, but they all went straight to Gisdol. They were going absolutely berserk. And it was quite nice to see such euphoria for once at Locomotive. So much needed. Not a great game, but doesn't matter. Got to a win. And like you say, fifth is not too bad, considering... Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, I, I was I was surprised that they won. I mean, you know, they're two again, as you said, like you know, two late goals last twenty minutes of the game. They, they scored both within a couple of minutes of each other. Of each other, yeah, the celebrations were good, uh, but a tiny crowd, less than three and a half thousand. I mean, the supporters are leaving in their droves. I mean, it's I know one guy, Danny Smith. He might be listening to Stephen. He was there at Stephen, but um, it's depressing because any locomotive supporter I've spoken with this past week. Have just literally given up on the club. They're, they have no interest in going. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's particularly worrying when you think um, what about uh, a year or two ago, how good the fan engagement was becoming. Um, and then, of course, we mentioned it before about the changes behind the scenes and how they've the priorities have changed, shall we say, at the club? Because the, the, the way the Asia de Arena set up is it just lends itself to you know a bit of pre-match entertainment. The stadium's got a bit of character to it. Um, all that's needed is a bit more engagement and performances on the pitch of course are going to affect the attendance but I mean there's a limit I mean 3,000 in Moscow that's just uh, no, that's, I, that's I, a joke for and on a Sunday afternoon I mean Danny you were saying your dad is a local fan yeah my dad is a very huge long time local fan so uh, when you talked about fans leaving you know uh, giving up on supporting I know that there is one person who really supports this team so he hasn't given up yeah. he hasn't given up okay yeah. alright Andy Mack what would make you give up following Glasgow Celtic uh, a Saudi takeover really you're telling a lie okay back on no. to Andrew Flint okay so yeah, red, red. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm absolutely <laughs> telling a lie <laughs> you wouldn't care um, listen uh, Andrew Flint talk, talk about takeovers because we had the Red Bull takeover of the Red Devils um, that seems to be going well yesterday's games in England were all settled uh, big games were settled by penalties some of them are a little bit dodgy um, Man City now top of the table 37 points Liverpool only a point back uh, one for the point back are Chelsea West Ham hanging in there even after the draw today they're on 28 points in fourth place Man United in fifth place that's not too bad Andrew is it? Well, it's not. I mean, it's still not. I mean, it's only been in for three games, but three wins is a good start. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, much as West Ham everybody has been lauding their performances, they I don't still don't think they have quite the squad to last to get into the top four at the end of the season. So I do think Manchester United have every hope of making Champions League. Um, it's a depressing sentence to have to say every hope of making the top four. It should be pushing for the title, but. You know, walk before we can run. Um, this four-two-two-two, the Red Bull system that Rangnick's in, uh, imposing. This, he's been public already, saying the players are not quite fitting to it yet. Well, that's to be expected. It's a very different system, so I'm not too fussed. And three wins in a row—that's that's pretty good. I'll, I'll take it. Is it not worrying though with the sort of fallout with some of the players already? I mean, he's already slagged off, you know, Pop. Okay, we've we, we've said that, but he said like he wants more energy from him. Um, Martial is like saying I'm not sticking around here and Lindelof collapsed yesterday with uh, chest pains um, we've seen this before we know who, who uh, Ragnick works with um, Andy Mack should we be a bit worried for United players? I, I think the most worrying thing is that, um, I, I mean that Norwich side bar a Sunderland and a Derby side I think are probably the worst side in the Premier League I've ever seen um, Dean Smith has at least made them organised, but when you're relying on, I'll call it not a dodgy pen, a, a, a stupid penalty to get three points, and they, they weren't at the races. Maguire got beaten for a header, but De Gea saved them a couple of times. That's the biggest concern. I, I think the concern about what goes on behind the scenes is irrelevant. It, it needs to. They need to start getting it right on the pitch. A win's a win for them at the moment, but. It was a really, uh, there were a lot of poor games yesterday, but that one was really poor. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I watched only the highlights of it or the lowlights of it. And I mean, it was very difficult to watch. Andrew, are you, I mean, I know we spoke about this before. And I'll ask you guys to just pose a question and move on very, very quickly. Um, when you have a man, okay, who says that he is a big supporter of fan and he idolizes someone who was involved in doping kids, would you be worried that he would carry that through, especially that he still works with that man? Andrew Flint. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... I, I think the effects... I mean, the, the serious effects are over over time. I don't think we're likely to see, if any, um, for a while yet. And by that time, it will have... The, the regime, the, the requirements, shall we say, that the players will be put under will already be months down the line, if you see what I mean. Um, I, I don't know, to be honest, because... It's still slightly unclear exactly how long he's going to be there, and that's the that's the thing that would start making me worry. Um, in a weird way, if he committed to a long-term project, which doesn't seem to be the Rangnick thing anymore, um, then I would think, well, hang on a minute, now he's got time to implement an idea. I don't think his system, shall we say, the entirety of the system, can really work unless it is in, instilled over a number of well, years, to be honest. Um how worried I am. I don't think I am worried yet um, because I'm not convinced you, he'll be there for very long. Do you think it would make a difference? Do you think, do you think it would make a difference, Andy Flint, if, if they uh, reduce the intensity of the schedule? Would that, would that get rid of some of the need for, for whatever substances they're taking? Well, I, I think I think that's a very very good point. Um, a lot of the a lot of managers have started being more vocal, haven't they, in recent years about the club, for example, insane Christmas. Uh, absolutely. Um, seen the link there. Um, but um, no, I, I, I absolutely agree. I don't think it's that difficult to scrap the League Cup, um, make a... You know, I, I don't understand why this obsession with the Christmas schedule goes on. I'm looking forward to a break, if I'm quite honest. Well, this I'm, is I'm the, just football. 
Because Sky Sports advertise it, that's why. Exactly. And look, and Sky Sports own English Premier League, so they need to have it happen. Um, and I understand with the tradition of sort of that they want to have, like, you know, Boxing Day. We'll be on air on Boxing Day, of course, and we'll have a slightly extended show. It's going to be great fun um, here on Capital FM. However, at the same time, writers who then started saying, oh, like, look at these players starting to collapse and fall down. Um, maybe we should think about a winter break. This same idiot... Uh, this is a major football writer in the UK and or in England, and he was decrying moving uh, the well the World Cup next year to winter. He said like, no, that'll that that'll disturb our holiday schedule. It'll break tradition. But I mean, there's no win. There is no win. And the the one thing I'll just I'll say before we move on quickly, and this will be something that is an exclusive now to Capital Sports, and you can tweet out your heart's delight. Ralph Rangnick hasn't signed personally with Manchester United. He's, his club has signed with Manchester United for at least a two and a half year spell. There's certain things built into that. And he is the person who will appoint his successor. There you go. That is actually the deal with Manchester United. How are those today? Exactly. It, it, it sounds extremely familiar, that, because that's precisely the agreement that he had a locomotive, and it basically allows him to do whatever he wants. Um, and he still has so, a locomotive. Andrew, he still, as you say, you know, the IRA in Ireland, they still haven't gone away, you know. I mean, he still picks and chooses locomotive. He's locked in there for another four and a half years. Well, I mean, it's um, this is, in a weird way, this is kind of what I meant earlier when you asked me, am I worried? In a way, that is what makes me not worry so much because I don't think the long-term effects will be instilled for too long. I can't see these prima donnas um, really falling into line like regimented soldiers like he expects them to. So either it's, it's going to blow up and be messy, but concern in the way you were implying, actually slightly less because of what you just mentioned. Okay, all right. He's got uh, to get rid of that base. That that, that that baseball cap looks got to go first, though. <laughs> well, he, well, he's trying to copy his uh, club. Um, very quickly into Europe, uh, we'll speak about, of course, Spartak. They're absolutely sparkling in Europe. I mean, it was it was great for Russian football, for the coefficient, as we always speak about. Lokomotiv, of course, going down 1-0, Spartak winning 1-0. Um, yeah, it was, no, 2-1, wasn't it, against Legia? Correct. One nil. Uh, one, one nil. Excuse me. Yeah, one nil. I, I mixed that up. Um, looking at Spartak in the springtime, uh, Andy Mack, do you think that they have a chance to to progress past the first round of the knockout, especially now they're going to bring in a new manager? Um, for the fact that they finished top, um, which is quite scary, really, from that group, um, it certainly gives them a chance. Um, they've got a genuine chance. It means they they avoid the Champions League dropouts. Um, and the way they've played in Europe has been lucky, but admirable compared to what they've been doing in the league. So over two legs, there's always a, based on what they've done in, in the group stage. Uh, and I mean, Legia were no walkovers either uh, for, for the other two teams, Leicester and Napoli. So there's a tiny chance. And if that's what they're going to focus on this year, then good luck to them because I, I think they're way off in the league. Um, Andrew, you're, you're OK with that? You, you'd follow along with that? Yeah, I mean, I'd actually give them a little bit more credit than saying lucky throughout. They did show a lot of character in Europe, and it, it, they just looked like a totally red, different red side. Cards, missed penalties. Well, I mean, yes, there were moments <laughs> of luck, but I think the, the, uh, <laughs> they, they played really. Um, but they, how they, that they side finished, can be the same. They finished top of their group with a plus one goal difference. 
exactly. That I says mean, a lot. And, and that's, a, that's a group with Napoli and Leicester as well. So, uh, of course, uh, Rangers finishing second in their group behind Lyon. Um, uh, Andy, I mean, were you able to sleep well after that, especially that Celtic have dropped down to the uh, Conference League? I think we're probably the first team to have played in three tiers of European football ever. In, in one, one season, season. yeah, <laughs> it's great. West Ham on great guns, of course, as well. They're atop, and of course, we have to say, like you know, big, big props out to um, our, our northern neighbours up in Zenit because I mean they did well to 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 you know at least get get something out of that Chelsea match, shouldn't they, Andrew Flint? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, they, they they have underperformed in Europe for such a long time. There's no question about that. But that showed a hell of a lot of character. I mean. Timo Werner has had a hell of a lot of stick in England because of his, well, appalling form in front of goal. But um, he causes danger. And when Lukaku came on, he was a real handful. But certainly fought back. Asmoon, I think that's probably his last goal for the club. Looks almost certainly he'll join Leon um, over the winter. Um, but you know, he turns up on the big day. Uh, Claudinho is just on sensational form. Um, and what a what an equaliser for Mozdoyev. That was a really really good shot. Okay, um, Andy Mack, last word to you um, on this. What is your you know, Christmas wish for uh, the Russian clubs? Well, Christmas wish, um, keep keep the league competitive at the moment. I, 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 as much as I think Zenit are great value for, for being top, I'd, I'd like to see a few of the clubs keep tabs um, and then see, see what they can do in Europe. Spartak flying the flag. You never know, um, but I think what they really need going into next year is to um, encourage and bring through a lot of the, the younger Russian players, so we, we don't end up with a situation that Carpin's been thrown in, um, and and he's having to pick old heads and 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 old legs in order to get them through into a next World Cup. So, okay. Bring through some youthful players and um, keep it competitive while they can. All right, all right. On that note, we will go out. So thank you, Andy. So you'll be back with us now in uh, for the Big Bar Filthy Quiz. We're going to go out right now. Uh, coming back, of course, with Isol Cody and hopefully, fingers crossed, John Pike. And uh, we're going out because we're going to start a party right now with Diplo, French Montana and Lil Pump featuring Xavier. And this is Welcome to the Party. Back after this with Isol Cody and John Pike. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Yeah, I'm probably one
bitch Drop a million on my crib Now look up as rich as sh** And I still have my probation Pop a pill, I feel amazing You just love and you just hate it All these diamonds on me skating Man, I do this every day Spent 3,000 on some shades I got bitches in LA Your boyfriend broke his diamonds Завершение уикенда на Capital. Join us on a journey from the beach to the dance floor. Chicane presents Sunsets. Каждое воскресенье в 11 вечера провожаем отличный уикенд. Встречаем новую неделю. Вспомни, как долго ты выбираешь фильм или сериал. Время выбирать прошло. Наступило время смотреть. Легкий поиск и продвинутая система рекомендаций. Иви быстро и точно подберут фильм, который вам точно понравится. Иви. Скорее к истории. Реклама 18+. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to part two of our show this evening. And remember, to grow sales, brand awareness and grab your target audience, you need a great brand ambassador. Match Business Consulting represents the brightest stars in Russian sport who will shine around the world for your business. Okay, now, uh, the next topic that we're going to cover is, uh, I'll say interesting, to say the least. It's uh, one that, you know, is causing a lot of debate, especially a certain um, swimmer in America right now, uh, a, a university swimmer, which is, you know, a very, very, uh, as I said, it's a thorny issue, but we, we will deal with it as we deal with all our subjects here on Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. So, um, I'm going to welcome straight on uh, Isolt Cody, our legal eagle. Uh, Isolt, have you recovered from your boxing last night? I have. I'm just about over it. Very good. I, I, not that she was boxing. Well, maybe she was after hours, but I don't know. But uh, she was watching boxing yesterday. So I'll just say that. Um, okay. So uh, also joining us all the way from the UK. And we're delighted to have him on from I think the south coast of the UK. Actually, well, you were up in Manchester, wasn't it, Easelt? I was in Liverpool. Liverpool, excuse me. Ah, kind of same thing. Uh, <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get crucified for that. All right. Uh, so we are delighted to welcome on to the line a first-time caller, but uh, a man who has an awful lot to say, and we're delighted to have him on. He is Professor John Pike from the Open University of the UK. John, you're very welcome on. Did I introduce you correctly? That's fine, Alan. Yes, that's fine. Okay. There was more. I wanted to say an awful lot more and like go through your like different uh, you know articles and and the, sure. the kind of the plaudits you've been given. But I said no. I'll keep it nice and simple and uh, respectful. So <laughs> there we go. Um, now we're going to speak about uh, transgender athletes and especially the the subject of uh, men who transition to uh, women and then start taking part in women's sports. Um, John, I'm going to start with you on this. Of course. The topic that sort of brought it out into the open yet again was the situation with Leah Thomas, who two years ago was swimming in a second uh, in a conference uh, in America for the University of Pennsylvania, was quite a decent swimmer, you know, second team All-American or second team All-Conference, as far as I remember, and uh, transitioned in 2020 to being a woman and now is absolutely crushing records and crushing opponents in women's swimming. 
Um, first of all, John, um, can you give us a bit of background on the case and you know why it's caused such a furore? Um, I think the reason it's caused such trouble is that what's happening in front of our eyes is grossly unfair. Um, there's no real two ways about that. Um, and what people who look at Thomas's performances uh, should think to themselves is what they do think to themselves, that this is grossly unfair. Here is a male-bodied athlete taking women's records, uh, exploiting the male advantage that they have. The history of this debate um, has gone along since roughly 2002, but it's um, come into the, the limelight a bit more, the spotlight a bit more, with the uh, participation of Lauren Hubbard and um, others in the Tokyo Olympics, um, and with the disastrous change in the IOC regulations uh, that came in just a few weeks ago um, that really allow this sort of... Um, uh, uh, awful mess in in uh, swimming and in other sports. The the IOC have dropped the ball on this. Uh, their policy has been, I think, bad for quite a while, and it has recently become much worse. And they are in a huge mess and should withdraw their uh, guidelines covering. Um, transgender athletes. Uh, Danny, you, you were speaking with that before we went on air about IOC. You had a question on that. Yeah, I had a question about that. So, like, we all know about the biological and anatomical differences between men and women, uh, like muscle and bone density, lung capacity, endurance, etc. But the IOC somehow seems to not take this into account at all. Is that is that true, Mr. Cody? I. I think basically at one stage they had great concerns about DSD athletes, so athletes who were falling within a category due to hormone levels where they could be classified as male for their regulations. When it comes to transgender athletes, it, in essence, yes, they basically decided we're not going to safeguard cis women in sport, and that's what they're doing. Look at what rugby are doing. Maybe in some sports it may be acceptable that you can say the differences are marginal because of the type of sport or the type of strength or endurance required. But in these sports, in swimming, it's just not appropriate. And what they are doing is they are pushing out athletes of athletes who also deserve fairness and oh. equality. Okay, now that, that, that's coming from a woman, okay? So I'm, I'm, I'm just leaving that there as a female point of view, okay? John, from, from an academic point of view, um, is there fairness in this? And are the athletes at fault? Um... Alan, I'm, I'm not hearing anything that Isolt is saying. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. That's fine. I'll just say from, uh, from an academic point of view, this is, this is grossly unfair. Um, from any ordinary, I mean, you don't need to do a lot of study of fairness in sport to work out that this is grossly unfair. It would, I mean, let's look at the situation in which it wouldn't be unfair. It wouldn't be unfair if we had no women's division no women's category and those who want uh, the male, adva male physiological advantage to be present and to be justified in women's sport are in effect arguing for the abolition of women's sport. There's no, no two ways about that. The logic of their argument, if they say it doesn't, right, they can either say there's no advantage 
which is obviously ridiculous, or they can say there is an advantage, it's male advantage, but that doesn't matter. Well, okay, if male advantage doesn't matter, why have women's sport in the first place? No, Let's well, just get rid of it. Listen, that, that, that is the, the case. I mean, in some sports it works, for example, in, you know, um, horse racing. So female jockeys sure. in the team with Rachel Blackmore is as good as any man. Um, you know, yep. in show jumping, dressage, I mean, there, there is parity in that. Um, yeah. I, I was interested, I was listening to a very good, a really good interview with Leah Thomas um, just today on the way in. And she said simply that, you know, her training regime hasn't changed since she transitioned. So she's still doing yeah. the same intensity, the same workload, um, yeah. Isol, I mean, okay, from a female point of view, I mean, would that put you off going into sports altogether? I think what it does, what it does, I suppose, Alan, is the disparity means that you know instantly you're at a disadvantage. You know that whatever she is doing, you need to do more to even bring yourself to that level of her on her worst day. And that's not true of all sports, but let's remember that Leah was also a swimmer who was winning in male categories before she transitioned. She also doesn't have to deal with hormonal changes that would be run-of-the-mill for female athletes. And I think these are all factors that she's training at the same intensity. But when you have female athletes, you can write off a week of every month for them that they're not able to train to that level. And that's just... The disparities are so serious that it will put people off, or more so, she's going into a category where is there any real competition for her? We well, want sport to be fair. Well, the, look, I, I'll, I'll sort of, I'll, I'll make it the, the blinding, obviously, even more obvious. Well, of course, what what Isla's mentioned is the menstrual menstrual cycle, and I've spoken with that with female athletes uh, when I was working with them. And when you you would try to assist them, you could see where there would be periods where they would have, you know, as you said, hormonal imbalance, or they'd feel bad, or they would, you know, basically mess up. And I remember uh, hearing an interview with Steffi Graf. Um, I think it was in Germany. It was in two thousand. And she said that when it was that time of the month for her, like she could just predict when she would lose a match. She knew that she was never going to win a match because if it went past two sets, she was finished. She said, like, I just couldn't because she had very severe um, period pains. Um, you, John, I just want sorry, I just going to move to John. That John, um, what? okay, we're, we're talking about the organisation. So is it the fact that the Federation, yes. like the NCAA, which is hugely corrupt, are they selling out? Uh, transgender athletes? Are they making them like you know, whipping boys or whipping girls just because they want to be seen on the right side of history? Selling out female athletes, you mean? Uh, I, I think both, John, in one sense, because they're putting... Oh, they're, right, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, mean I'm, I mean, yes, of course, they're selling out female athletes, but they're also putting, you know, people yeah. who have, you know, have already had a difficult period in their life, difficult time in their life, yeah. and they're basically putting them into the firing line for... People who we know them, like, I mean, John, we, we've been very fair and balanced here, but we, we, we can see what goes on online, and I've listened to some of it and seen some of it, the sneering and the jeering and the insults, which no one needs to get, no matter what gender they are. Right, I think, um, I, I take your point, but I think Leah Thomas should withdraw from uh, the NCAA competition and I think pressure will be put on them to withdraw and I think they should do the right thing. I think they are morally culpable for their behaviour. Um, they must know that this is unfair and still they carry on on, on swimming. Um, so I'm not 
completely in favor of kind of uh, an apology for, 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 for Leah Thomas here. But I do think the main responsibility and the kind of, if you like, the focus should be on the rules, the rules from the NCAA and from the IOC. The rules are allowing this to happen. Um, the rules are allowing the coach to take financial incentives for producing winners, the the coach at Penn State, uh, sorry, at Penn, um, and uh, obviously, if you can put someone into the female category and they smash loads of records, then there is a financial incentive going to the coach. This is this sticks at the integrity of sport as a whole, the integrity of the NCAA, the integrity of Penn, and the integrity of the IOC. It's a very, very serious situation. Now. Yes, there, there is there is pushback coming against Leah, and there is pushback coming against Penn. To the extent that it's kind of focused on one specific person, that's a shame. The responsibility, the key responsibility, although I think Leah is culpable, the key responsibility is with the regulations, is if you like, with the grown-ups, the institutions, the organizations that are allowing this to happen. It's an appalling situation and action needs to be taken both by the NCAA and by the IOC to withdraw their, their guidelines and think again. Okay. They are put, you're, you're right, they are putting people in an intolerable situation. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the the next thing that happens is that under all this pressure and this abuse and this nonsense that uh, Leah Thompson is going through, um, you know, what happens, God forbid, that, you know, the pressure comes too much, she cracks and she takes her own life. You know, and then what we say, oh, well, I mean, no, John, you've been very fair and very, you know, uh, even-handed on it, and you're putting the blame where the blame should squarely lie. Uh, you know, I'm kind of thinking of the, the, the person. Now, Danny, you, you had a question just related to the media. Uh, yeah, so uh, my question is, like, uh, the media seems to mostly shine the light uh, on trans athletes who transition from male to female and how their participation in sports events uh, is unfair to their cis competitors. Uh, in the meantime, trans male athletes receive far less attention. Uh, quote, um, as long as they are not winning. Yeah, Esel, is that the case, like say in rugby, like if, if a woman transitions to a male, uh, you know, she's not going to be matching up to, to you know, Tig or Sean or all that. So is that the yes. case, like Danny says, that they're not winning, so no one really cares? The, yes, there's also now rugby, I suppose, is in the position where they have put in place rules which apply both ways, so to both transitioning genders. And that's to safeguard players because you can't, in all logical sense, if you have a large male prop going in against a, a former a woman who has now transitioned, you're risking her health. And you're also risking the other player if they are to injure her. You're risking them because of any fallout from that. I think the reason is exactly right, though, as Danny has said, basically, because when women transition, they're not up there in the upper echelons of the sports. They're not winning. And that's because of the advantages that go the other way only. And unfortunately, that means that, yes, female athletes, so who have transitioned from male, are the people that are hung out there. They're the names we know. They're the people who have obviously gone through, as you put it, already one big life change. And now they're being left out there by sports who are saying, yes, you can participate. But if anyone wants to have any pushback, you're going to be the face of that anger, which isn't right either. Um, I'm, I'm going to come back on thing. And we, we, I know we, we discussed this, John, or we, you, you've mentioned, you know, Leah has not been forced to race. Um, yeah. So let, let, let's, let's put that as well. So she's taken responsibility that she was going to race and compete. Um, 
what do you think now could be the end game? Because we saw with Lauren Hubbard, we discussed this, and at the very start of this year, when Joe Biden, one of the first things he did when he came into office with Kamala Harris was sign into law the uh, uh, for the NCAA that if a man chooses to identify as a woman, they can compete as a woman in NCAA sports. Mm. So that's a rule now that's in the double NCAA. Now, of course, Leah Thomas is different. Like she has, you know, gone through the changes and so on. But um, maybe it's a case, John, of how long they need to wait um, before they can actually begin to compete. Uh, no, all the evidence, all the science. Look, this is rooted in science, and all the science shows that you don't remove male advantage through the use of testosterone. This is partly because male puberty establishes skeletal changes, um, which obviously injecting um, endogenous, sorry, exogenous testosterone, they aren't going to affect how tall someone is. So some of the advantages um, are advantages that accrue at at male puberty. Look, there is a straightforward. Uh, answer to this which I've argued and other people have argued for that instead of having a male and female or a man and woman competition you have a female and open competition now what this gets at is the sort of physiological facts that females are disadvantaged physiologically Um, and then anyone who you know if you identify however you identify Whatever the, 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 your personal history is, everyone can enter the open category. Um, so this is available for trans women, for trans men, for men, for women, um, whoever uh, wants to compete in that category. And you have equal prize money between this open category and a female category. And that way, obviously, Thomas has a category in which they can compete. Um, and they can compete without being asked how what their gender identity is um, but keep the female category for people who have not gone through uh, male adolescence male puberty and have not got the physiological advantages um, that, that accrue through that process and if that's not the case if you're allowing male bodied athletes to compete in the female competition you've got to ask yourself what is the point of the female competition in the first place because the point is being lost and it's grossly unfair now IOC needs to rethink this NCAA needs to rethink this and they need to think it on through on a very fundamental basis where gender identity doesn't matter for sport it's irrelevant to sport just as kind of political identity or sexual orientation doesn't matter for for elite competitive sport Uh, what matters is bodies sport is about bodies there are two types of bodies male bodies and female bodies male bodies all have physiological advantages over female bodies at the sports that we we almost all the sports that we have and I take your point about equestrianism but virtually all athletic sports are affected by this completely no no John couldn't agree more disadvantage now we'll have to to go out now in a moment so I'm just going to do the last word to you Uh, from a legal point of view uh, female and open section could that work? it could work well we're already seeing how inclusive inclusivity works so having another category I, I wonder if the issue then would feel we would have people complaining that it's a lack of equality even though its intention is to give equality because if people want to identify as female and their birth certificate is being altered then from their perspective their entitlement comes to go into a female category so unfortunately I think we've opened a door now that we 
it's going to take a lot of work to get to a position where everyone participating is in a fair situation. Okay, listen, on that note, uh, Isla Cody, thank you very much. Uh, Professor John Pike, thank you so much for your time to see me. It's been great having you on. And uh, will you come back on early in New Year with us? Happy to. That's great. Listen, thank you very much. Of course, that that same was brought to you in association with Match Business Consulting. Remember, you can find your ideal brand ambassador on match-business.com. And, uh, okay, Isla just hung up on us all of a sudden. So we're going to go to the break right now uh, with something I'll, I'll say I'll say it's interesting and it's something that's going to like get us grooving a little bit as well because this is Sigma and featuring Paloma Faith and changing back after this with the Big Fat Filthy Quiz. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Held down heaven now, living in the same town, trying to find something new. Broken picture frame, I've been frozen in, trying to find a better view. This ain't me, this ain't cool, this ain't Chicane 
Каждое воскресенье в 11 вечера Провожаем отличный уикенд Встречаем новую неделю Capital FM 6 лет Этот день рождения мы хотим отпраздновать В хорошей компании друзей Бренда Quicksilver И конечно вас, наших слушателей Слушайте Capital, выигрывайте 6 уникальных сноубордов, а также главный приз – поездку в Сочи на фестиваль Quicksilver New Star Camp. Capital FM. 6 лет на вершине. 6 years on top. Не является публичной офертой. Capital Commercial. With Alan Moore. Okay, a very, very warm welcome, ladies and gentlemen, because, of course, we are, we were, you could hear us calling on our Skype, yeah, because we're setting up for our quiz right now. This show, of course, has flown by. I know a lot of people are kind of, like, in shock. Uh, just a quick word um, to let everyone know what we are doing, because, of course, we'll have our quiz in just a moment. And to round up on where we are with the Russian Premier League as we go through the winter break, top, of course, are Zenit. They have, uh, well, they're only two points now of Dinamo in second. Dinamo on 36 points. Uh, Siske are on 30 points Krasnodar on, in 4th and 29 then Lokomotiv on 28 after today's win now Spartak they can uh, stay in their same position but uh, catch up on Kriyasovit of Samara they are in ninth place on 23 points Himki not doing well right now they have dropped to the bottom they are on 14 points ok so I know that uh, right now on Skype we have our uh, people all there waiting for us and hopefully we will have one more ex-person as well because we, we have those of us who are or sorry we have the quiz of course hashtag quiz me plus 795 there you go got all mixed up uh, so I'm going to ask is uh, everybody hearing me clearly on the line uh, I'll start with uh, Andrew Flint you're there I certainly am boss very good uh, Peter P you're there aye aye lovely Andy Mack you're there Ready for you. Okay, ready to receive. Well done. Uh, Isolt Cody, you're there as well. I'm sure. Very good. Uh, Alex Say, you are there with us. At your service. <laughs> I love it. No, Yelena still, Yelena is our fifth person. She is still not able to get there. But Alex Say, it looks like you, you have a big battle now to win this uh, signed Spartak jersey. But let's hope you will do it. Okay, now again, the rules of this quiz. The first one in, of course, is you listen to the voice and you have to tell me who the person is. Okay, so that's all it is. Very, very simple who the person is. Now, Danny E, he is, um, he's looking after the scoring. So there will be no cheating this week. Well, we never cheat. We, we give some extra points, but we never cheat. So, uh, okay. So, here we go. So, the first one um, up for Andrew Flint. Andrew Flint, you have to tell me who this person is, okay? And I think you will um, you have a Google. Send me the sport and then the person. In terms of navigating the um, NCAA bureaucracy and getting everything submitted. and Okay, Andrew Flint, sport and person. Oh, right. Okay, I'm going to go for... I'm going for college football. No, it's swimming. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, you evil woman. <laughs> Who is it? Who is it? Come on, Andrew, quick. 
Phelps. No, that was Leah Thomas. That was Leah Thomas. There you go. The subject of our last piece. All right, <laughs> Peter P, coming over to you. All right, coming to you, Peter P. Uh, you will know who this is. I know you know who this is. Okay, so are you ready? <laughs> yep, yep. Okay, so sport that person. And they were very kind. They tried to help me to say how is everything is going on. And yeah, I want to say thank you to them. So who is that thanking for his sport? What sport is it? Uh, that's, of course, the, the noble sport of uh, cricket. <laughs> no, it's soccer. It's football. Football. So who is it? I'm going to go with... Uh... It's a Russian, by the way. Oh, Darn. <laughs> uh, I, I can say it. No, it's actually Fyodor Smolov. Fyodor Smolov. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, Andrew Flint. Nice. All right, there we go. We're still no scores. Right, Andy Mack, this one is for you. And I think you will know who this is, okay? You definitely will know who this is. All right, you ready, Andy Mack? Well, you've changed that from think to definitely already, so yeah. I'm I know you know. Ready. I know you know. Here you go. The, the, the to know each other much better now so it, it helps a lot in in everyday uh, life with Andy. okay so who is that sports and is that person. is that all i got that's all you get <laughs> <laughs> all right go on. i'll, I'll give you i'll give you a few seconds more a few seconds more here we go great fight out there and and they're both in great form so um so they're both in great form but who is saying it so the sport and the person quick um ufc no it's tennis Who's the person? Oh, could be anyone, really. French, um, French, 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 French. Come on, French. French. Um, so many tips. I know. I'm. I'm being so kind. It's Christmas right. come early. Too nice. Come on, quick. Ah, oh, I can't think of any off the top of my head now. Um, Jesus, Andy, come on. No, 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 no. go Amelie, Amelie Moresmo, Amelie Moresmo, okay, Amelie Moresmo, <sighs> all right, so Alexei, this one is for you, okay, so uh, this is, this is, this is not a, a difficult one, but it's not an easy one as well, so here you go. For sure, man, very wise words, I fully agree, so fans kind of try and downplay who you fought or something, or you haven't fought this guy yet, or you ain't done that. Okay, sport and a person. Oh, I have no idea. A sport. Give us a guess for the sport. God, uh, we can't finish off the round on zero okay. points. Okay. Football one. No, 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 no. It's MMA. MMA. Uh-huh. Okay, so who's the person? Uh, Have a guess. Someone Spanish. Maybe... <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> I had to put you... Peter P, do you know who that is? How does anyone not know who that is? <laughs> it's Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. Yeah, that was an Irish accent, yeah. It, it just sounds just like Easel, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, very, <laughs> right, very quickly moving on, okay. Um, all right, missing word, okay? So, missing word. So, we're all on no <laughs> points. Pardon? Pardon, Easel? It's got any points yet? Nobody got any points. I don't even get to guess a person. This is just mean. What Actually, about my that, that is true. That oh, Easel, we skipped Easel. We skipped Oh my god! Easel. Oh my god, Easel's my god. Just give me the point. Oh, here, I, I, I'll, no, here we go. Here we go. All right, this is for you, especially for you, Easel. Okay, just for you. Okay, ready? Here we go. Sport and person. 
Oh, hold on. To I... give one moment. I can I can speak about yesterday, which was a big, uh, big moment for me. Okay, so what was a big moment for the sport I, and the person? I shall guess tennis. No, it's boxing. Okay, uh, can I go with Sharapova because she's the only one who I've. No, I said it's only... boxing. It's not tennis. It's boxing. <laughs> Sharapova was the boxer who was fighting uh, no, 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 it's Cecilia Breikhouse. Cecilia Breikhouse. Uh, <laughs> so you've basically, okay, you've all finished on zero so far. All right, okay, very quickly, missing word. We have to get through this very, very quickly. So, missing word. All right, uh, Andrew Flint. Max mm. puts what in his what? Max puts what in his what? Puts juice in his tea. <laughs> I'll give you three points for that one. I'll give him four points. Go on, give him four points. All right, uh, Peter P. All right. What beckons mm-hmm. for Spartak? What beckons for Spartak? Um, damn. <laughs> how about... Uh, how about... Um, beckons, right? Yes. The uh, untiming defeat. Uh, well, it will be actually spring football. In the hands of, <laughs> hands of Wait, it's spring football, but you're right. I'm going to give you four points for that as well. That's on time of defeat. Give him five, actually. I'll, I'll give him five points for That's that. For yeah. Andy. Uh, throw in one more. That was, that was Peter. That oh, was Peter. Peter. Yeah, was Peter. Peter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Andy Mac. Andy Mac. Rangers. What hearts? Rangers. What hearts? Jammed it up there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you six points for that clinically carve open hearts there you go right Isla Cody for you Jorginho what himself for Tuchel Jorginho what himself for Tuchel tickled oh sorry <laughs> I, I was going to say something a lot worse um... <laughs> <clears throat> let's go keep moving keep moving come on Isla I'm going to say Sacrifices? Yes. Sacrifice? Yes. What? Sacrifice. Yes. Ten points. Ten points. No. That's <laughs> idea. Well done. Well done. Well done. Okay. Alexei, <clears throat> this one's for you. Remember, just a missing word. So, Liverpool are not what? Liverpool are not what? Thieves. No. This is for Alexei. Alexei. <laughs> <laughs> Stop taking poor Alexei's um, chance. Alexei, where you go? Liverpool. So they're not blue. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> I'll check those. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not blue. Very good. We'll give them five points for that because I, that's, that's a good one. Okay. No, it's are not lucky. Are not lucky. Is that they are, like, they're not just lucky. Okay. This is the odd one out. So you to tell me which is the Wait, odd one we out. We missed Lena. Again. No, no, Lena, Lena's on a line. Unfortunately, she couldn't get on line with oh, us. So, yeah, so okay. we'll say sorry to Lena. I know Evgeny couldn't get on line oh. as well. So, uh, this is uh, women's world swimming records. Okay. So, just the odd one out. Okay. So, starting off with Andrew Flint. The 400 meter freestyle, the 1,500 meter freestyle, or a 200 meter freestyle. Which is the other one? Out? 400. No, it's actually a 200. That's the only one not held by Katie Ledecky. There you go, the American. So no points for Andrew for that. Andrew Finch is on four. Okay, next one up uh, is Peter P. Peter P. USA, China, or Russia? This is women's world swimming records. USA, China, oh, God. Russia. Who's the odd one out? Go on. How about, how about the, the noble country of China? No, it's actually Russia. Russia are the only one without a world record holder. There you go. USA has six and China has three. Okay, Andy Mack, over to you. Australia, Sweden or Italy? Australia, Sweden or Italy? Who's the other one out? Got to be Sweden. 
10 points for Andy Mack. 10 points is because they have the most world records of those three. They have four. Uh, Australia have two and Italy have two as well. Okay, Isol Cody for you. Okay, Lithuania, Jamaica or Russia? Lithuania, Jamaica I'm, or Russia? I'm going to go with Jamaica. No, it's actually Russia because they have no world record holders. Jamaica have two and Lithuania have two. That's in the world short course women's uh, records. Okay. And finally, Alexei, you have a chance to win this, okay? You, oh, well, actually, no, you'll come second, but we'll, we're going to get your prize for that. So, Bronte Campbell, Kate Campbell, or Kelsey Dahlia? Bronte Campbell, Kate Campbell, or Kelsey Dahlia? Who's the odd one out? Kelsey Dahlia. Oh, you get 10 points for that. Yes, because she won the, uh, she has a world record with the US women's 400 metre medley, or 400, 4 by 100 medley relay. So the winner is? The winner is Andy. Andy Mack, okay, you are going to take home top prize. Um, Alexei, for being a good sport, taking part and coming second, you're going to get a prize out to you as well. We'll send you the message in the morning. Sound good? Yeah, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Andy, where's don't my, worry. Where's my message in the morning? <laughs> Andy, I'll send you a message tonight. Don't worry about that. Listen, Alexei, thank you very much for taking part. Esalt, Peter P and Andrew Flint, thank you all as well. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you, Danny. Thank you for, for your presence in the studio today. Yeah, it was really, really great. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you for you know, having me. <laughs> it's part of our madness, okay? Folks, we're going to go out right now, of course, uh, into the snow. Uh, sorry to those who uh, entered our competition today but didn't quite get through, but well done, Alexei, again. We're going to go out with a really Christmas song because we're starting our Christmas early because next week we'll build up to a big Christmas giveaway on the 26th of December, okay? So be ready for that. So we're going to go out with a true, proper, real uh Christmas song. It's not the Pogues at Fairytale in New York. It's Mariah Carey and All I Want for Christmas. Back next week, same time, same channel. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I don't want a lot for Christmas. 